What up, what up, everybody? want to welcome you all back to the Socks and Sandals podcast, where society, culture, history, and religion collide, and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. It's your boy, Emmanuel. I'm back. I'm not in the kitchen today. I am in... What's the name of the shop? Revolution. Re- I can't even... Revo- Boom. <laughs> the Revolution, Revolution in English. Revolution Coffee House. <laughs> yes. And I'm here with uh, Maria Garcia. Maria, say what's up to the people. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> and my brother from another mother, Emmanuel. Yeah, how's it going? Good afternoon, everybody. Yeah, yeah. So, um, if y'all are listening right now, and I appreciate you for giving us another listen, if you haven't already done so, subscribe on iTunes, follow on SoundCloud, and if you're on iTunes, man, give me boy, give your boy five stars, give me a little comment, a little something. Everything helps for visibility. I appreciate y'all. So, um, really quickly, Maria, I want to thank you for giving your time to me today you know what i mean we just met a couple days ago um seeing you at the black voices candidates forum you did an amazing job by the way you know what i mean so um you are the first person that i'll be able to interview and talk to and um i don't want to gush too much but go ahead and tell the people who you are where you're from you know what you're about all that good stuff yeah thank you um i'm maria garcia i am a current candidate for Monoma county commissioner of district number two I was born and raised in Mexico City. I live in Palm Springs about 12 years, Palm Springs, California, about 12 years, and then I moved to Portland about nine years ago. Um, I was a teen mom. I had my daughter when I was 16 years old, my daughter Fernanda, and I came to this country just you know, looking for stability, economic opportunity, and just, you know, different life. It's not that it was bad in Mexico, it was just different, Mm -hmm. you know, and being a teen mom, um, my life really changed, you know, my perspective, and um, I was just looking for different opportunities. Mm -hmm. So um, here I am now, uh, 22 years later, Mm -hmm. and um, living in Portland uh, as a candidate for Monoma County Commissioner, and just motivated to bring my voice you know to the table where decisions are made for us not with us yeah so for me it's important to be part of the process it's a learning process um i must confess that sometimes it's a little bit painful because it's challenging it's new uh but it's very interesting and the reason why i'm doing it is because I've been influenced by different people in my life. I've seen a lot of um, injustice. I've seen many people in jail. I've seen many kids uh, running after their dads, you know, in jail mm-hmm. when they're going back to their cells. I've seen like a lot of. I'm sorry. You said literally like running after their dad. Yeah, after visiting. Like they, oh, after, after visiting. I was yeah, like, wait, you uh, seen yeah, the father I should and son explain at the myself same time. There. No, <laughs> no, you know, a, after visiting, you know, like, like image, yeah. the image of um, the kids running, you know, mm. after the dad and yeah. when they're going back uh, after visiting, and you know, that's a painful picture. Um, I've seen um, an experience, but not directly uh, racism, you know, indirectly, mm. uh, but I've seen it. In, I'm I'm just in a point in my life where I think I can um, create. Um, I can make an influence, I guess. Yeah. You know, and, and and I can bring my perspective of my own experience as an immigrant yeah. uh, woman. Um, I can I can bring that to the table, which is different. You know, I'm. I'm Connected with the issues that are around us, you know, as a teen mom, I have endured um, domestic violence, you know, I know what it is um, to work two or three jobs, you know, not being able to be the parent I wanted to be. Um, I mean, it's, my life is really full. It has always been very full and, and, and I don't want anybody to say, oh, poor Maria. No, 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 it's just I'm sharing, you know, part of my experience and 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 I believe those are assets, you know, yeah. the, the pain that we go through in life. Now I understand that they're assets mm-hmm. and it's important to validate every moment of our life mm-hmm. and make it count. So I decided that, you know, I can also run for this position. 
I deserve to be there. I have um, the, the, the right to be there. Yeah. Why not? Mm -hmm. You know, we are experiencing a very critical political climate and, and it's important to bring us, you know, um, people of color or women of color, it's important to, to bring my perspective, our perspective to the table. Yeah. Now, one thing that was uh, that's, that was unique, just you when you were talking at the at the forum, was uh, just talking about you know your your early days and coming from Mexico City, and what kind of struck me was something when you said you know I've I've seen corruption, you know, and so tell people what's that like? I mean, we we especially I'll speak for myself, growing up in America, especially being black in America, like. I know about right with the story that you told about the the gentleman walking in, the four brothers walking in, and everybody just stopping and staring and not saying anything. Like that's my whole life. <laughs> Everywhere I go in Portland, Oregon, I feel that that tension, and you see it play out time after time. Like today, they just sent out the verdict for Alton Sterling. You know that got killed mm -hmm. last year by the police officer. Of course, no conviction. I've seen this my whole life. We know the level of corruption and, and and how white supremacy is working in America. Now, Mexico City, that's different. It's not necessarily, to my knowledge, I don't know if it's it's not white supremacy that you got. It's just corruption. So if you could speak a little bit about that, like the differences between what you've seen growing up and the type of corruption that you see in America just in, in general. Yeah. You, know? you see, that's a problem that I can distinguish now. Growing up in Mexico City, corruption becomes part of your life. Mm. It's something that you see, that you live all the time. And you grew up thinking that it's just the way it is. I'm not saying that you become corrupted, but unconsciously I think you, you do because, let me just give you an example, Mexico City, all right? We have this, um, uh, um, what is it? Uh, the ecosystem is a problem right there. Uh, air pollution is a big problem, okay. right? So many years ago, uh, more than 20 years ago, the government came up with this uh, regulation, right? That depends on the three digits um, ending uh, number of your uh, license plate, right? Certain days, you, you are not allowed to drive your car, wow. you know? So let's say on Monday, you know, the last digit is I don't know, three, mm -hmm, just right. to give you an example. For so sure. then you don't drive your car on Monday, right? Mm -hmm. But what happened is that a lot of people bought a second car, right? Or a third oh, car. Okay. So they couldn't drive that car on, you know, on Monday, but they, but they drove another car, mm -hmm. right? And, um, and I remember uh, growing up in my uncles and everybody's like, oh, you know, I cannot drive my car today, you mm -hmm. know, but oh, you're going to get somebody else's car, yeah. right? Or you drive the car and you just give money to the police if they stop you, like, mm. you know, it's called mordida, like mm. a bite, you know, translate yeah. to that. So if you're caught uh, uh, driving a car that you shouldn't be driving that day, right? So just give some money and they let you go. Mm. So that's what I'm saying when it becomes part of your life, you know that, oh, as long as you give some money, they let you go, you know? Yeah. It's just a way of surviving mm -hmm. in Mexico City. Everywhere you go, somebody asks you for money, especially police. So it's, it's corruption all over, mm. you know, everywhere you go, somebody asks you for money in exchange of something, yeah. you know? So when, when on Saturday I was talking about, you know, being from Mexico City and, and seeing corruption, that's corruption, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, you don't drive your day that day, I mean, your car that day because of a specific reason, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But you decide to do it because you have to go to work because, because you want to drive your car. So, breaking the rules is part of the corruption. We participate in corruption way way or another. You know, that's what we see. That's what, what we experience. Mm -hmm. Now, unfortunately, um, you grew up thinking that that's, it's like that everywhere, yeah. right? And, and then when you come to this country, you see that things are different. Mm -hmm. 
you're not gonna you know offer money to, <laughs> to a so you said the first time you got pulled you know? over you pulled out a five <laughs> no like, <laughs> no i didn't do that you know but I, you know you always wonder you right. know like what if i give somebody? oh it's over they you know? like what excuse me like no Step i'd be on jail <laughs> you know <laughs> it's another charge no but yeah. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's, it's just it's a cultural uh, adjustment mm-hmm. right yeah. another example is uh the ambulance in mexico city right so it's heavy horrible traffic mm. and over there we have freeways inside the city not just little avenues no they're freeways inside the city it's brutal it's a jungle there <laughs> so then the ambulance you know obviously has to go to the hospital or you know has an emergency and and everybody has to you know open the the the, the line you know or the space for the for the ambulance to pass by and everybody starts speeding behind the ambulance you know like it's an opportunity for you to get to well i don't <laughs> think that's a mexico side. city thing i'm not well, gonna it lie. happens here but here you know they <laughs> my, my, they my, give my, you my a ticket I'm, they I'm, give I'm, you a ticket over there sh- you just see an ambulance well, and I it's an opportunity yet, doing, <laughs> i'm not gonna lie like i'll, well, <laughs> I'll mess around oh okay i'm especially on 26 <laughs> let me get over here well yeah but then you know i learned that i cannot you know do that here so those are little things that you just grew up being, you know, mm-hmm. or acting a certain way, mm-hmm. and here it's like, no, you don't do that. Right. So, I mean, corruption is everywhere in, in different aspects of life, I guess, right? Yeah. So, but I'm able, you know, when I say I'm, I've seen it, so I'm able to detect that, you know? So it makes a difference on how you live your life when you're aware of what corruption is and what does to the city to your family to everybody mm-hmm. so you say you moved here nine years ago yes yeah so what what drew you to portland was there anything in particular that brought you here um i was married in the time okay and then i moved here and you know then i got divorced and, and i decided to stay here because i like it mm-hmm. you know uh, i enjoy living in the desert but um it's very small Mm. Uh, Palm, uh, Palm Springs is very small and, and the heat is just too much. Something else out there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just too much. And I every summer I wanted to move out and there was the opportunity to move to Portland and, and I like it. I like the weather, you know, so mm-hmm. I just settled yeah. here. So tell me about, I mean, when I was listening to you talk and everybody else up there with all due respect, but um, you didn't sound like a politician. I don't know. Because I'm not. You're, all right, so you're not. So you are not a politician. Because I'm not. Okay, and I was just like, man, I like what she's saying. Like she doesn't come off with that politician talk. You know, it was just from the heart. You know, so tell the people like what you've been doing in the community. You know, up to this point, to, for you to get to this point of running for office, like what's your involvement in different community groups that you've had over the years? Yeah, thank you. Well, I I worked for the Mexican Consulate uh, a few years ago. Okay. I work in the Community Affairs Department. So the Mexican, con- what is that? What does that consist of? Uh, consulate. Um, you issue IDs for okay. the Mexican um, diaspora in Oregon. Yeah. Right. Uh, so you issue IDs. You um, in 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 my position uh, was working at the Community Affairs Department and we organize cultural events. We um, serve the Mexican uh, community in different ways, you know, promoting programs that the Mexican government has for Mexicans living abroad. So that was part of my job. Mm-hmm. It's 100% uh, involvement in um, Mexican community mm-hmm. issues, right? And then I did that for about three years and I decided to open uh, my own business. Mm-hmm. Um, but that job um, opened the doors for advocacy uh, for me without even noticing it, right? Because I was invited to so many different events, different places, and one day I was invited to uh, Oregon State Penitentiary, and um, right there I just connected with the Latino club, um, and we start doing different activities, cultural activities. I start getting to know about the issues of uh, men there and, and getting to know their families and then you know one thing led to another one and I was very concerned about what they were experiencing mm-hmm. in uh, OSP mm-hmm. and I after I 
I quit my job at the Mexican consulate and I opened my business. I continued doing my advocacy for Latino inmates, but this time directly with the Department of Corrections. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to Teresa Rayford, who's a very strong um, African-American uh, activist, um, uh, founder and lead organizer of Don't Shoot Portland. Mm -hmm. And together with her, we, you know, we started advocating uh, as I said before, with uh, directly with the Department of Corrections, and then Teresa brought me to all this advocacy for um, mainly African American community mm -hmm. members, and through her eyes, I got to learn and to witness the racism. I got to see how people have been displaced mm -hmm. from one place to another, M mainly African-American uh, mm -hmm. community. There are issues, you know. Um, I met the mothers of kids who have been killed by police brutality, mm -hmm. right? Um, so it's just one thing takes you to another one, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I've seen all these situations, all these issues, and and I reached a point where I say, okay, something else has to be done. And when they talking to Teresa, she actually suggested that I should be running for this position. She said, you know, it's an open seat. Why don't you, you know, run for it? So I can stop uh, protesting. <laughs> 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 she said, because, you know, if you are there, you know, then it means that we will be able to have more access mm -hmm. to resources, mm -hmm. you know, to programming, you know, to it's just access to what our communities need. Yeah. You know, she says, so I stopped protesting and, <laughs> you know, so, mm -hmm. um, and I don't know, she just convinced me. I said, yes, why not? Mm -hmm. You know, how hard can that be? So when did you make the decision? <laughs> when did you make the decision to run? It was it summertime. Recent? Summertime? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I registered on September, September 7th. And, okay. um, so I, I guess, yeah, around summertime, I thought, okay, I, I give it a try, you know, why not? Mm -hmm. um, but it's not just because, you know, I had nothing else to do. It's yeah. just, um, I'm saying, okay, I give it a try. I want to do it because I got to learn the importance of the position, mm -hmm. right? Because I came to realize that our community is not just the African-American community, but Latino community, just immigrant communities were very disconnected mm -hmm. from what's going on around us. You know, we... We are very familiar with our issues, you know, we are very familiar with uh, the suffering, we are familiar with the lack of uh, support, lack of representation, um, lack of job opportunities, we are familiar with that, right? Mm -hmm. But how do we change that? How, how can we make a, a true change in our lives? And that means to me, my solution was to get in, engaged, to get involved. Mm -hmm. We need to break this political disenfranchisement that is happening in our communities. That's why we're having the government that we're having right now, you know, the president we have right now. That's why, you know, racism is increasing because we are not participating enough and we need to educate more the community. You know, we need to know what to do when these issues are happening. We, we don't really know where to go, what to do. So it is important to have a leader that is going to help us to understand the process, mm -hmm. you know, that is going to help us to understand the importance of being engaged. Yeah. Uh, um, a leader that is different, mm -hmm. you know, at least in my case, you know, being an immigrant woman, having an accent, you know, I'm a very Mexican <laughs> woman, you know, my, my features, my everything mm -hmm. tells you that I'm Latino. Mm -hmm. So for me to um, send this message to my own community and saying, I'm here, you know, I have the, the language barrier, I have all these difficulties in my life too, but I'm here. Mm -hmm. It is possible. You know, so I want to send the message. I want them to feel encouraged. I want them to feel that it's um, worth it to get engaged. Yeah. You know, we, we must do it in order to create the change we need. One thing that I've always thought about, um, and I'm not too well versed in politics myself. I'm really starting to learn about it, honestly. But 
I've always had the thought that we as people have more influence on the outside as opposed to the inside as far as being in the seat and making those changes you know because the way I see it is on the outside you can group together with your people and do things together with your people but then in the inside you're grouped together as probably one of you're the only like real one like the one that's really trying to do things for the community and then you have all these other people that are just like looking out for their self-interest do you kind of have that well you probably don't have that feeling but how, how do you feel about that you know do you feel like it'll be really tough to like sway people like once you get in that seat or do you think you'll be marginalized there or do you you know how do you feel about that that has to change yeah that has to change yeah you know because i'm not asking for permission to run for this position <laughs> i'm not yeah you know it's time to change and if they don't want to change when i'm saying they i'm talking about people orbiting those positions mm -hmm. right then they should leave. They should move and empty those seats for more people to get engaged with their community and open the doors for more people like me, like you, like everybody they else. they want their money. You know? They want their money. They want, they, they want to keep their job. Well, they can <laughs> fight for it, <laughs> you know? But that's why it's important to to have the, the, the to have a, a a platform of support mm -hmm. that's why it's important to be part of the community because yeah. you bring your people with you right there that's the support yeah. somebody in city council told me that if I wanted to be part of that you know if I wanted to be part of the system if I wanted to be in politics I have to turn my back into I have to turn my back on activism I have to turn my back to uh, don't shoot Portland that's what I'm saying and I said That's no. Not, so you don't have to. I don't have to. Okay. I just feel like when you get in those positions, like you can't, you can no longer be that person. No. Because that—that's what—that's the message that I get. Just outside looking in, I was like, man, once you get inside, you can't even really do that stuff anymore. Like you're held. Who says we can't? I don't know. I don't. No. I don't know what laws That's and stipulations. That's part of the change. You okay. know. I know that. I understand. You yeah. know. Things change. Yeah. But let me tell you what changes. What changes is your schedule, <laughs> your your life, yeah. you know, because of activities and all that. But if you are, um, if you're connected with your roots, if you're connected with your people, if you're connected with your values and you're very strong about your ethics and your values, mm -hmm. I don't see why you're gonna change, you know? It's actually part of the change that you're bringing to the table. You're not mm -hmm. you're not asking for permission, mm -hmm. you know? You're gonna take what belongs to you and mm -hmm. open the doors for others to come with you. Yeah. That's how I see it, and yeah. I don't see why it should be different. You know, my friend Teresa is gonna be running for uh, mayor on 2020, an African-American woman right and we talk about me running for this position because we need our people in very specific strategic points true if we don't create those partnerships we're not gonna move forward mm. if we are not working with people that are in the same tune as us mm -hmm. we're not gonna make any progress right right so it is important to have a leader that's why the support is important Mm -hmm. And when we were on Saturday at the, at the uh, forum, and I say, I need you to help me to be there. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to put me there. You're going to hold me accountable, right? You're going to be there with me. In every forum I have gone, every interview um, I have gone looking for endorsements and all that, I always talk about community engagement, community. You have to, you know, work with community. And mm -hmm. it seems like, Community is not worth it for a lot of politicians. Community is not worth it for a lot of organizations that are tokenizing our communities, mm -hmm. that 
they're creating all these programs, you know, to get their funds. They're creating all these fake support for our communities. But when you're talking about, yeah, let's create poli um, policies with our community, they look at you like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. To me, that's valuable. Working with my community mm -hmm. is valuable, mm -hmm. you know? So <coughs> I'm not a politician, no. I'm, not, I'm, I'm walking the path, obviously, because that's a career, it's a position. Yeah. But I don't want to <coughs> be alone there. Yeah. I don't want to be alone there. You know, I want to have my my partner with me. I want to have my family with me. I want to have my friend Teresa. I want to have you. I want to have all the people that I'm meeting in this process. I want them to be there because it's how we can make the change. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not going to happen just one person fighting everybody mm -hmm. inside there. Yeah. No, we have to be very firm. You know, we have to be very firm in our convictions, in our, um, not just ideals, but our moral, our ethics, mm -hmm. you know. If we don't know how to grow up, uh, how to work as a team, then we're not talking about community unity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of, a lot of what we see is just, just that, that you just described, though, it's just like, it's not about community and unity. It's just about me making decisions for however I want. I can allocate money however I want to allocate it. All right, I got these people complaining over here. Well, let's just try to blah, 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 blah. And then they'll do that. But no, but I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like, we need more people in positions over time so that we can make the change and make like lasting change because you know sometimes you can get one person that'll make some changes for four years and then another group comes in they just reverse everything so but if we have a continual flow of people people of color especially in those in those seats we can have some lasting change um, yeah. now the people that were at the forum was that everyone that was running or were we missing yes. anybody okay so that I mean that's amazing to me I don't know I like I said I don't pay attention to politics but there wasn't one, you know, non-person of color there. That's awesome in and of itself to me, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm encouraged just the fact that that's happening yeah. in, in my city because I haven't known that to happen, you know. So that's, that's pretty cool. So tell, tell me more about your involvement with Don't Shoot Portland and, like, what you all have been doing, what you've been working on for the past couple of years. Because you guys, I mean, that, that name rings loud in my mind I don't know exactly what you all do I know that you kind of maybe work hand-in-hand -hand with Black Lives Matter but like what what all do you all well Teresa Rayford is the lead organizer okay and, and founder of Don't Shoot Portland okay and you know Teresa has uh, her own story but um, basically what's what Don't Shoot Portland is is a community action organization mm -hmm. focused on social justice mm -hmm. right so it's a lot of advocacy for community members, mm -hmm. right? Um, in schools, right? Mm -hmm. um, advocacy um, against uh, racism, against uh, just injustice, mm -hmm. right? Um, Teresa has took under her wing the mothers of kids killed by police brutality and, you know, help them to file the reports and mm. just, you know, um, make sure the names of those kids are still alive. You know, we hold uh, protests and uh, rallies. Mm -hmm. uh, we hold a really big march for, um, what was it, the Martin Luther King March, mm -hmm. and the kids were leading the march. We work um, with Portland <coughs> Art Museum, with PNCA, um, Pretty much, what I have brought to uh, Don't Shoot Portland is the switch of focusing more into arts as a form of expression mm. um, over protesting mm. in the street, right? Which so is good. You, where'd you get that that inspiration from to focus on arts instead of protesting? Because it's a safer way to get your message out, mm. and I think people. I'm very visual. Yeah. So I think um, 
being visual helps you to retain more information, That's you true. know. Yeah. And I got inspired by, there's a holiday, a Mexican holiday that we celebrate, it's a day of dead. Mm. And the, 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 La Catrina is called, you know, the skeleton with the yep. big head, I mean the hat and the, f- heather, uh, the feathers and, you know, comes from um, a protest actually, you know, back in those days. Um, the journalist who created this, uh, it was a drawing in the time in the newspaper, he created this picture as a form of um, being rebellious in the time mm-hmm. and just basically sending the message that people from high class and low class were gonna die anyway, you know, no matter how much you have, no matter who you are, mm-hmm. you're gonna die. Mm-hmm. So that became a form of um, uh, resistance, it became mm-hmm. a form of uh, um, just getting the attention of the government. Mm-hmm. Back in those days, you know, that was a big deal, Yeah. you know, and um, it was a safe way to, to show Jose, uh, Guadalupe Posada was the name of that, the guy who created that. For him, it was a safe way to express what he thought about high class, high class in that time, you know, mm. they're gonna die. Mm. But he did it in such a way that it was safe. It was a cartoon, right? It was just a picture. Mm. They couldn't send him to jail or anything like that. Yeah. So I talked to Teresa about it. I said, Teresa, we have to follow this pattern, you know? Wow. Let's create art because it's art is safe, you know? Uh, but you send the message the way you want it, right? And you involve more people, in this case, uh, kids, you know? Let's work with kids and they learn they will learn ab- about social justice in, in but also in a very creative way mm. so we have pnca as a partner you know they help us to they open the space for don't shoot portland to hold um to hold a day of death celebration yeah. last year and they do all the printing they do all the material that we ask them to do you know the kids do the drawings and, and the messages and, you know those are important partners you know yeah. PNCA and Portland Art Museum, we have a few exhibitions already, bystander intervention mm-hmm. exhibition also in Portland Art Museum, and uh, all focus on social justice. Mm-hmm. You know, so how are we gonna send our message? You know, through art. Wow. It is, it is a safe, you know, safe way to to that's, send a message. That's a great strategy. I never thought about that. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, man, that's that's great work. So. You've been you've been working in the community. Um, you've been fortunate to have some good friends that are doing some things that have helped you get to this point. So now that you're at this point, when you take that seat as <laughs> <laughs> as county commissioner for District Two, when you take that seat, what change do you plan to bring? What what are you going to bring to that seat when you're in that boardroom? Um. I think there's a lot to learn mm-hmm. because, as I said on Saturday, you know, we can assume that we can make all these changes, mm-hmm. but reality is that I gotta learn what is it really that I can do, mm-hmm. you know. And um, but definitely, I know for sure we need to bring uh, cultural awareness, and I bring that with me because no matter where I go. I'm still going to have the accent, I'm still going to be Mexican, Mm -hmm. so if you don't like me, don't look at me. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm bringing that with me, you know, so right there, you know, I'm bringing that, I'm bringing that awareness. I want people to feel safe, I want them to um, feel comfortable being around me, you know, knowing that I'm somebody from the community. I love my roots, I love, you know, my, my friends who are very diverse. I bring that with me yeah. and that's important, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we need to see how the position really runs, you know. Um, we need to see what um, changes can be done immediately, mm-hmm. you know. Right now I can just assume we can all just assume and dream, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but things are changing. So from today to December, <laughs> yeah, 
we don't know what other challenges we're going to have, you yeah. know. But but I know for sure cultural awareness is important. Um, we have to get rid of institutional racism. Mm -hmm. And the way to do it is hiring more of us. Mm -hmm. More people that speak not just two languages, three, four, five. Mm -hmm. We have that in our community. Mm -hmm. Really, we have people that speak more than four languages, right? Um, bringing our people new positions, you know, let's do audits, let's see exactly where the money is going, to what organizations, what community partners, who's doing what and how. Mm -hmm. They're very simple questions, Yeah. but we don't know them. So I want to know, yeah. you know, so we can make sure that we either create new programs or we strengthen more, you know, the programs existing or remove programs. I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, let's keep in mind that this position is, or what Monoma County is, is delivery, delivering of services, yeah. human services. Yeah. So we're talking about lives. So we need to understand how that works. Right. Right. So let's say in this position, just hypothetically, um, in your seat, I was like, hey, Maria. We're going to give you $5 million, and you have the discretion to disperse it however you want to disperse it. Right now, not having any other research done, right now, where is that money going? Who is it going to, and why is it going to them? Just a few organizations like that you would want to have that money to do whatever work you think should be done. Where, where is that money going to go? Well, definitely... Um I think we need to make some adjustments in regards of jails. Mm. You know, the money that is going to jails, the money mm. that is going to the sheriff, right? Mm -hmm. um, we need to make some changes there. Mm -hmm. Because more than 40% of the budget of Monoma County is going towards that. In criminalizing our 40 people. 40% of the budget is for going criminalizing, to jails? For criminalizing our people, you know. I mean, um, that's crazy. That's it's just insane. way too much, you know. So it will go, the budget will go to, big percentage will go to uh, mental health workers. We okay. need a lot of them everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, I like to implement uh, programs for our youth, mm -hmm. you know, our kids um, through the sun system. Mm -hmm. I like them to have more uh, substantial after-school activities. Mm -hmm. um, I like to be able to do an audit. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do audits, but um, definitely right now the homeless issue is a big issue. Mm -hmm. So knowing what empty buildings we have available, mm -hmm. right, that we can invest so we can open the doors for um, shelters and long-term, you know, shelters. Yeah. Housing is important. So we need to get people off the streets, definitely. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. so how do we do it? You know, that's why it's important to see once we're there, how is really, really the money distributed into what organizations? We have organizations, uh, community partners that receive more than hundred thousand dollars two hundred thousand dollars a year for community service mm -hmm. um, you know different programs and they're not delivering you know I know which organizations are and I'm not gonna tell you yeah. you know but I know they're not being efficient you know mm -hmm. I know their outcome is not what we suppose because I know people working for these organizations I know people that are the um, recipients of services and they're not happy and and I know exactly who they are, but that has to change. Mm -hmm. That's why we need to know exactly, you know, who is overseeing all these organizations. We need to create, a, I think, probably a position, um, somebody in charge of overseeing the money that Monoma County is giving mm -hmm. to organizations to serve our community. Yeah. So there are just different changes mm -hmm. that have to be done. Sure. Um, let's take a sharp left turn. 
this coffee shop that we're sitting in. Okay. Revolution. Did I say Revolution. it right? Revolution. We got yes. it. Let's go. So how long <laughs> have you had this shop and, and what made you want to start? Like, how'd you get into it? Revolution Coffee House um, is about four years old. Okay. And I actually was looking for a space to open a Mexican restaurant, mm -hmm. but I couldn't find it. <laughs> so I found this place okay. and it was a coffee shop before. So I thought, oh, why not, right? Mm -hmm. And I always had in mind um, those traditional Mexican drinks that we sell now in Revolución. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that in order to sell these drinks, I needed to offer something else, something that people were more familiar with. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, okay, coffee, you know. <laughs> so let's sell coffee. At the same time, I sell my traditional Mexican drinks. So people come, you yeah. know, and try them. and. And then the name came because of the concept. I'm from Mexico City, and over there it's very popular to see uh, the ladies in the morning selling tamales and those Mexican drinks. They're mm -hmm. called atole and champurrado. Mm -hmm. So it's very typical of Mexico. Okay. And I thought, well, that's uh, a different concept, and that's revolutionary mm. <laughs> in this side of town for me. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, if it's a Mexican coffee house, then it has to have a Mexican name, so Revolución, which mm -hmm. is revolution, right? Mm -hmm. um, I thought coffee and tamales is a revo revolutionary concept downtown Portland. So the name came from that. Yeah. And and it's been you know running really well. People uh, have been very supportive. I I was holding a social justice brunch mm -hmm. every. Uh, second Saturday of the month, the whole year of 2016. Mm -hmm. um, and during this um, social justice branch, I pretty much opened the door for you know community members to come and organize. I donated a percentage of the sales um, to Don't Shoot Portland. Mm -hmm. And I was just very happy to see people come in, interact with Teresa and different um, activists, you know, and just talk about social issues, talking about um, creating programming or creating events. And mm -hmm. I did that for the whole year. Mm -hmm. um, so I have used my, my business to just for community to come, not just have coffee, you know, but right. offer something else, yeah. you know, just a space where they can come and organize and talk mm -hmm. about, you know, things that maybe are not going to talk about in a bar or any other place. Right. I also open the doors for, it's just different uh, organizations and different uh, social justice um, groups, Yeah. you know, um, sometimes after hours. Mm -hmm. I close the doors and let them use the space, mm -hmm. you know, so. I mean, that's that's key for people to be able to go somewhere and feel safe to be able to talk about that stuff. Like, if you go to a Starbucks and you got a group of people of color and they're talking about the revolution, <laughs> it <laughs> might be a problem, you know what yeah. I mean? So for y'all to have this space, like, I think that's, that's awesome. And, you know, also... People that come to my place, they know that it's a Mexican owner. Mm -hmm. They know that it's a, it's a Latino-inspired, Mexican-inspired place. Mm -hmm. It's just the name, Revolución. Mm -hmm. So if you don't like Latinos, if you are a racist person, you're mm -hmm. not going to come to my place. That's true. You know, mm -hmm. you're just not going to come. <laughs> so true. the name helps a lot in yeah. Revolución because also gets... You weed out the bad. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. you know, but... Um, I get more people, more um, Latino people coming because mm -hmm. they pass by, you know, just walking down the street and they see the name and they're like, oh, Revolución, you know, mm -hmm. they, they must uh, speak Spanish there, yeah. right? So they come in. Mm -hmm. So it's just, the name is important. Yeah. But once they come here and, you know, they interact with me or with the baristas, the girls, you know, and they feel safe, you know, because mm -hmm. that's the space that I, I created, you know, mm -hmm. it's colorful, it's different, um, but overall it's an expression of who I am, yeah. you know, and this this is who I am, this is what I bring to the table, mm -hmm. and and if you don't like it, don't come, right. <laughs> you know, but if you do, the doors are open for you. Yeah, that's awesome. 
was it was that kind of like a big leap of faith for you to you know start your own business like you know going from I don't know if you were working just a regular nine to five and then you just you know like how did you get the capital or you know was it just a, a huge leap or are you like you know what it I, was I've challenging been this for a long time you know yeah it was challenging I um that's a long story but yeah <laughs> it was you know it was challenging to you know I put some of my money I you know in the time you know my partner put some money um, and then I just grit you know I was when I just opened the doors I I didn't know I didn't know you know about um, how I, I didn't know how different it was mm -hmm. uh, from maybe running a restaurant you know it's a coffee shop you know mm -hmm. it's a smaller scale but but I didn't know I was missing a lot of things you mm -hmm. know so every day was a learning experience and then just trying to be creative with the product and try to make a profit, right, also mm -hmm. was important. And the little money that, you know, uh, the budget, um, it was tight, but um, I, I, I made it grow, you know, it was a lot of work, um, but uh, I'm still doing it. You know, it's challenging because I tried to get some loans from uh, banks, you know, different banks, and, and I couldn't. You know, because oh, the business was too young, mm. or because you don't have a line of credit, or because you name That's it. Something I'm like, so so you didn't get any loans. No, no, and an emergency came to my life, you know, in 2016, and I and I needed a big amount of money, so I tried to get loans from different places, and most of those places that say, oh, we help you, small business, come here, we help you. Guess what? No, it's a long process. They make you answer all these questionnaires, you know, in, I mean, all these questions, they're more like 20 or 30, you know, questions. And, and all I knew at the moment is that I need the money. I sell coffee. I don't sell alcohol. I don't yeah. sell, you know, it's not a big restaurant. It's a small place. So I got some of those cash advance loans, you mm. know, that are um, accessible to business owners. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, the interest is really high. I was about to say, cash advance, they're hitting you over the they head They are interest. horrible. Yeah. But what happens when you have an emergency and you don't have the money? Gotta get that Where are you going to get the money? Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So I, I've gone through that. Yeah. And it's very, very stressful. Yeah. And it's very challenging. Mm -hmm. You know, so how, how are you going to make more money, right? if you have to pay really high interest for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And then you fall into this cycle, you know, like, what do you do? <laughs> you get more money or you get another employee or you have to just work, Yeah. you know? So part of, you know, my perspective, my experience bringing into politics is I want to bring the attention to these small businesses because I am a small business owner. Mm -hmm. So I know the challenges, you know? I know that we don't have a lot of help out there. Mm -hmm really we don't yeah you know so it's, it's challenging but uh, you know we are here we are growing um but i'm fully aware of the challenges and the work you know i have spent the last four years of my life here mm -hmm. you know working six days a week mm -hmm. um now i got you know involved with um politics and, and the social work that I do but I like it because yeah. I have the opportunity of doing it you know mm -hmm. and my business is part of that too yeah. you know opening the doors for other people I'm in a very privileged position I like it yeah. you know and I have a very good support uh, from my landlord's uh, end you know he he likes what I do and that's important yeah. you know uh, he just allows me to be who I am that's awesome mm -hmm. yeah well I commend you I mean four years I mean you're doing something right I mean yeah. a lot of folks go out of business I mean the, the statistics on that is like what one or two years and you're so you're four you're almost at that five-year mark that's what they say once you get there it's almost like smooth sailing sure, it may not yeah. feel like it <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. may not feel like smooth sailing but I, you know that's what they say you know but no that's that's awesome yeah. so, um, so we're gonna wrap it up uh, we're gonna get into the section what I call the Fab Five. So just five questions that I ask everybody on the show. Um, question number one, 
what artist who's your favorite artist and like what song or album made you fall in love with them <laughs> uh, I like Frida Kahlo okay I don't like much her art but I like what she brought to the table when she was alive mm-hmm. you know I like her personality I, wa- I like um, her perspective mm-hmm. I think she was a woman ahead of you know her time mm-hmm. uh, her art is a little bit complicated it's very painful when you look at the art of Frida Kahlo it's, mm-hmm. to me it's painful but that's what she wanted to reflect yeah. her pain you mm-hmm. know um, but I admire the work sh- she did and I admire her personality among other artists but you know that's the one that came to my mind right now (laughs) awesome Uh, question number two is there a movie that has affected your outlook on life yes there uh, I don't know if you remember there was this movie called uh, Quails Mm -mm. never heard of it well watch it Quails (laughs) just like you know Quails the the feathers yeah Uh and um you gotta watch it, but it's it's it's, it's based on a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, there was uh, this French writer, mm-hmm. and he used to write about um, very exotic um, novels, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And he was highly criticized because of that, and. Um, so you have to watch the movies it's a whole story but the point is that this man was so passionate about his work even though it was you know a very erotic mm-hmm. work and they just tried to remove the, the actually they did remove you know the pens from his hand they remove all the art they, they put him in you know in, in, in jail they uh, even cut his tongue and all the challenges that he went through just being who he was, right? Uh, That really inspired me because when you really wanna do something, no matter what obstacles come to your life, you still move on, you know, I mean, move forward. You still perform, you still do what you like to Mm -hmm. do, what you're passionate about. So that movie was very inspiring. Very, very inspiring. Mm -hmm. Quells is the name of the movie. Watch it because it it, it is a cool movie. It is very unique, but it's, Really now cool. that concept, I mean, it's not a concept. It's like that's that's real life, but um, I know that to be true. Like, if you do what you're passionate about, and you go full force with it, like it's hard, and people push back. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say it, like I'm, I'm kind of fearful in that way. You know what I mean? Like I wish I wasn't. You know, but like if you really just be 100% raw in who you are like there's consequences for that and typically people won't see it until after you're dead mm-hmm. or when you're old or just you won't be able to enjoy so part of it is selfish but it's like I don't know I kind of have that fear of just like going for everything because I know like alright I'm going to be adversely affected because people are going to push back that might affect my family do you ever have that fear or oh, obviously it, it inspired you so you have you you've gotten over that Maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm very stubborn. Yeah. You know? But I guess it's beyond being stubborn. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, you have the little voice inside of you that maybe your mind tells you, no, don't do this. But something inside of you tells you, just move forward. Just and you might going. be really tired. You might be sometimes depressed. You might be angry or, you know, mm-hmm. you go through all these experiences. But the little voice is telling you, you still want to do that go do mm-hmm. it do it you know get up walk do it yeah. you know so yes i had experienced that mm-hmm. many times that's cool so that kind of leads into this next question uh number three when you start to feel overwhelmed how do you de-stress <laughs> i have my partner here next to me so um or is there, is, there a de- <laughs> is there a de-stress button for Maria? Is that, <laughs> you know, he helps me a lot. He know, understands me. To be honest with you, <laughs> I think it takes a lot. And I think in the history, and her and I both know this and stuff, to 
even in sports in general, you gotta be under pressure. Gotta handle everything as calm as you can and such. And to be in situations like that, it's really, 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 really challenging. Where mm-hmm. I myself, like, I think a year now, where I burned myself with Drano on my mm-hmm. leg. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, just, like really chilled about it. Like, when I was like, I burned my leg. She was like, what? He's like, yeah, I burned my leg. I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I was like, I burned my leg. Like, look, check it out. But obviously, I was a dirt plan and stuff. And like, that's something that's really hard to maintain and stuff when it comes to Maria now and such. Like, it's a certain point where everybody breaks, right? Like, everybody's not untouchable. Like, everybody can break and such. Maria does the best uh, ability she can to stay. Um, they stay calm some people like I myself overreact or there are things like little small things I overreact and such for her her as well vice versa but I think in the beginning and such where she would like rampage on on anybody and such you know mm-hmm. or like I was like like look like there's no point of you be doing that and such or acting like that and such mm-hmm. where you think you're probably like in the position where like people tell like you know you do this right and you're like no I never do that and once you get the thought in their mind, like, and they actually do it again, like, I do do that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it goes back both ways for Maria and I and such for, like, every day we learn from each other and learn one another. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to this question that you're asking me, um, how did this she calm it down? It's just every day is a new experience for her to calm down and such. I mean, burn out politically and such, she's always stressed out and tired of stuff, just like, <laughs> Whatever happens has to happen and such, you know, everything happens for a reason and stuff. No, but I think um, what helps me a lot is that he is very, he's calm, you know, I mean, he has his temper, but he's calm. And when I'm, I'm not feeling good emotionally or physically, um, I get out of shape, you know, I feel my, my body hurts, mm. my muscles, my, you know, hurts. And, uh, he he's really good he gives me massage <laughs> but we you know go for walks or gym you know um, try to uh, we interact a lot and uh, but it's good to have somebody that is positive in your life and mm-hmm. is always there for you no matter what your temper is <laughs> Thank you. it's more than a relationship it's more of a team yeah. that's what it is it's, more than, it's actually it's a team it's not a relationship it's not a team it's like not like you said I did more than you or you did less than me it's like we we don't ask for did more or did less and such we go together and such there's some times where I myself just I'm dreadful I'm dead and like I'm just that tired but she like you know what hop on my back not literally but like you know visual like hop on my back I got this and such and we gotta get, keep it going mm-hmm. vice versa like you know what you're tired physically tired and stuff like I'm endure more pain physically and so like you know what okay let's go let's go let's do this and that this and that and such so it's a team it's effort it's a, it's a relationship. Mm-hmm. A relationship has many aspects of uh, a relationship. And this is a friend. It's the best friend. And with the best friend, you can be honest with each other and stuff. Be real with one another. Mm-hmm. Like, well, this is what's going on going down. This is what you do. And mm-hmm. this is what I do. And so I try to help her out and such. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> ask patience every day. Hey. And just got himself. So like, you know what? Like, you asked for a little homie. It's like, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah, I, I kind of learned with my wife. I was like, you know what? I don't have to give advice. Right? <laughs> I just got to sit back. I got to listen more than I talk. And I just got to be supportive. I don't have to give solutions and advice. I'm like, babe, I'm here for you. That's it. <laughs> just be there. <laughs> just be there. Just be there. That's that's enough, you know? Um, question number four. What book would you recommend everyone to read right now? Well, there's so many beautiful books, but um, one that I love very much is 100 Years of Solitude. Mm, I've heard of that. It's a masterpiece. It's mm. a beautiful, beautiful book mm-hmm. uh, by Gabriel Gar- Garcia Marquez. Okay. And um, he's one of my favorite authors. Oh, Isabel Allende also is a great author. Um, but the, that one is, is, is a beautiful beautiful novel mm-hmm. so I will recommend that one just really briefly what is it what does it talk about a uh, hundred years of solitude it talks about um, 
the story of a family what happened in 100 years pretty much okay. you know um, but what this author does uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez was very well known for the way he uh, wrote you know very um, he included a lot of details a lot of complicated names in mm -hmm. the novel mm -hmm. right so in this novel when he's talking he starts with one um, uh, main character right but then this person has kids and then the kids have kids and kids and it's pretty much just talking about the life of if each generation mm. until you know this person the main character turns 100 years but the beauty of this book is what happens in each generation you know and all the names um, the language that he uses I read this in Spanish mm. you know so uh, maybe in English you don't get uh, the, the, the same you know message yeah. that as in Spanish mm -hmm. but um, the beauty of how he uses the Spanish he was very known for that you know beautiful well articulated um, very the abundance of the words mm -hmm. to describe one little thing is just beautiful yeah. It's the way he writes. Mm. It's beautiful. Okay. So in that particular book, it's just the story of you know the one family what happened in one family for a, a lapse of hundred years. Yeah, awesome. Hundred years of solitude. Check that out. Question number five. Final question. What message do you want communicated at your eulogy? What message I want to communicate? Um, now, obviously, you're going to be dead. <laughs> you won't be able to enjoy it. But what do you want folks to say? You know, whoever does your eulogy, what message would you want them to say about you? What do you expect them to say? I want um, people to know that I I enjoy a very full life. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was happy with my life. Mm -hmm. And in spite of the challenges, in spite of you know ups and downs, um, I enjoy every minute of it, good and bad. They were all my minutes, my days, my years. Mm -hmm. I enjoy them. Yeah. So if I die right now, I know that I will die happy. Mm. Because I don't what it has been in my hands. I did what I could, how I could, and I'm in peace with me, mm -hmm. you know. For many years I didn't, I guess I didn't accept who I was, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but now I accept who I am, mm -hmm. so I can die. Tonight I can die happy, wow. knowing that I, you know, I recognize my mistakes. I made peace with myself, and I enjoy every minute of it. The, you know, the good and bad. I enjoy it. I can die today. Yes. That's powerful. That's what's up. Well, <laughs> that's it. I'm glad we were able to make this happen. Thank you know you. what I mean? And uh, just really quickly, your parting words, your 30 second elevator pitch. Why? Should we vote for Maria Garcia in this May election? <laughs> because I bring a different perspective, because I'm connected uh, with the community, because I I have a very um, unique story. And through my own experiences, I can relate to the stories and the issues and what's around me. And that's powerful. If we have not understand that our leaders have to have some issues in common with us mm -hmm. we are not going to be able to make the change that we need you know so i bring that i bring uh, a lot of challenges i bring my perspective my experience um i'm bilingual multicultural you know so i would like you to vote for me yes yes so we can make some changes together i'm open to community you know, and that's a very important aspect. And I don't want to change who I am, and I will not change. Mm. 
there it is y'all y'all heard it maria garcia is for the people she's in these streets she's for the culture and she's about making change so i hope y'all heard everything that you needed to hear i hope you guys got a very good perspective about who she is and where she's from and where she's going to take us in the future so once again it's your boy Emmanuel. it's the socks and sandals podcast where society culture history and religion collide and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews i will catch y'all next week grace and peace good news i'm evidence i gave you the truest me my truest speech true and deep from the loosest leaves of my loose leaf my flaws and all see I'm fragile, but by grace I am choosing peace over losing sleep. And I must say these sandals fit quite nicely over these pre-release. Nike sacks, Birkenstocks. Oh, what a faux pas. Unmasked, unabashed, unashamed. I hear the voice set up.